Welcome to Board Game Famous. And when I say welcome to Board Game Famous, I also mean welcome back to a new year in gaming. And for this new year, I thought we'd do something special. A year in review, and what else we can look forward to in the upcoming year. I'm your host, David, and I'm joined as always with my co-host, Michael. Howdy, howdy, and Happy New Year! <laughs> Since it's a new year, I thought we'd do a, a special episode. So uh, we're not going to start, as always, with Michael, what you've been playing. But Michael, what were your favorite gaming experiences throughout 2021? 2021 was a weird year. In a different way, that 2020 was a weird year. 2020 was pretty consistent across the board for what my gaming experiences were. In 2021, it was a lot more of a mix. There was still a lot of online board gaming. There were finally some big event board game things I was able to do with bigger games. And I did get to play some of the new games. Not as many as I might have liked, but I did get to play some of the new games. So, uh, so, so it was a weird mix. So, a pre- But a pretty healthy mix is what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. A, a pretty healthy mix. Like, you know, I got to play Russian Railroads Terraforming Mars online. That was really fun. Oh, uh, yeah. I gotta, well, Picking up Terraforming Mars in the Humble Bundle was incredibly nice. This this was a good year for that. Uh, you mean last year? This this last year was a good for that. <laughs> good for that. Uh, listeners, if it gets confusing, we are recording this in 2021. At time of release, it will be 2022. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to do our best to make it clear which year we're talking about. <laughs> 2021 was a good year for online board gaming. Definitely played a lot. Uh, a lot of board games online that I wouldn't have played at all in person, and I wouldn't have been playing online games if it weren't for this pandemic. But I think that is an option that we're going to keep in front of us going forward. So that was that was just a quick thing. It's just a little bit more digital than I, than usual, but it's a nice option out there if you can't always get to table. So what, yeah. set, what are what are some of the games that you did get to the table? So the the big event games that I was re- referencing, you know, they're older. I was able to play. Uh, Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. I got one play of that this year, uh, and I was able to win. Oh, nice. I also got the reprint of the original Dune game at the table. I was not able to win that one, but it but was, was really your, fun. That was your first time playing, right? <laughs> it was It was my first and only time playing. I played the Dune game. This was before the movie came out, so I had no idea what any of the lore was. I hadn't read any of the books. I hadn't seen any of the movies or TV shows. I was going uh, to give you garbage about that. Oh, the movie wasn't out. Yeah, the book's been out for, what, 40 years? <laughs> so all I knew, I was Fremen and that I was Sand People. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all, that's all my friends told me. But it was, it was a lot of fun. But new games that I was able to get to the table... Um, played the final, uh, what, what is it called? The mythological trilogy. Yeah. The Eric Lang mythology trilogy. Yeah. The Eric Lang mythology uh, trilogy. Um, I got to play Ankh, which was initially very impressive thoughts on it. Still not completely formulated, uh, which is fine because I didn't show out all the money for the deluxe edition. So... (laughs) Find yourself, am, find yourself a friend who buys all the board games. <laughs> play them. I'm I'm that sucker for our group. <laughs> it is one of those area control games in classic Eric Lang fashion that has some of the most beautiful minis. 
uh, of mythological beings, gods, creatures, etc., and a lot of other nice little components that can get a little expensive. <laughs> but hey, if you like mini painting, there's your opportunity. Another game that I really liked that was new this year is Cascadia. It's it's a nice puzzly kind of game where it plays with your mind of pros and cons. It looks peaceful, but I find it stressful. It's Ca- it's the sequel to Calico, which Ellen and I love to the point where everybody says Cascadia is better, but we love Calico so much we don't think we need to shell out the money for the sequel. Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed it though. I haven't played Calico, so if if you're looking at your friendly local game store and you see Cascadia and Calico, both are probably good options. You you highly recommend Cascadia. I highly recommend Calico. Two more games got released in 2021 in the 18xx Lite trilogy that started with uh, Irish Gage. And then we got Iberian Gage and Ride the Rails. I played both of those in 2021, and I think I like both of them better than Irish Gage for various reasons. If you like stock games, stock manipulation games, and train games, and you don't want to play for four or five hours like a lot of stock train games are... I think think four or five hours is even short. (laughs) So, David, what did you play in the year 2021? What is your review of that year? My personal gaming experience in 2021 was... It was a different year in gaming for me than it normally was. My biggest gaming partner is Ellen, my wife. Uh, We play games together all the time. And she was... She took a lot of trips this year with her family or... My family, she she went with mom to visit Isaiah down in Arkansas without me. So uh, our mom, our, our our mom, my mom. <laughs> so she she took a lot of trips this year, and I I just I just couldn't go on them. So I played a lot more solo games this year than I ever have in the past because I wanted to. I figured while Ellen was gone a lot, I figured I should uh, try these games out, see what all the fuss is about. You know what? It's it's not really for me. I like board games for the social experience. Even if I do prefer multiplayer solitaire Euro style games, I still like to talk to people. You want to be there while you're not hanging out. Like a proper introvert, you like to be in the same room, <laughs> but not necessarily, you know, exactly. engaging. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, have a, I have a theory that every game is a party game when you're an introvert. But trying out more solo games, uh, I, I figured out that while I don't enjoy, what I don't really enjoy the whole field of solo gaming, I did find some of the games that I own have very good solo modes to go back to. Uh, Calico, for example, is a really good solo mode. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cascadia had a similar solo mode to it. Parks has a very good solo mode. Uh, the biggest compliment I can give Parks is I played that one two or three times. The solo mode, not just the game. The specifically the solo mode. Yeah, I've I've played Parks a bunch of times. I was gonna say, ooh, David played a game more than twice. Wow, he <laughs> loves a <the> game. <laughs> no, watch I, out, ten by ten. <laughs> I I 
didn't do a 10 by 10 challenge this year. I tried to do it in 2020 and that just didn't work out uh, because a, a 10 by 10 challenge would represent less than 10% of my board game collection. So I don't like to devote a hundred plays to just 10% of my board game collection. So I do try and spread it out and give every game in my collection two or three plays a year. My, uh, my friend just, you know, quick segue, uh, or quick interjection. My friend did a 10 by 10 for 21. At the time of recording, the year is not over, but, uh, he has made a mad dash in December to try to finish it. And he is pushing really hard and giving us updates about it. Is he close? uh, uh, he is close in all of them except for one, Viceroy, which he hasn't played at all. <laughs> Might <laughs> so it's gonna be, it's gonna be a nine by ten. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't do a ten by ten challenge this year, but I did try and play a wide variety of my games. So, uh, uh, except excluding the games on my shelf of shame, all the games that I haven't played. Ellen has now played just about every game in my collection, including Twilight Imperium, which uh, which was a big game for her to try. Uh, she just she does she typically doesn't go for the five six plus hour games. She would prefer to play three or four games in that time frame. I did get to play Twilight Imperium Fourth Edition three times this year, and I won twice. I mean, I've played twice, <laughs> lost once, won once. So you're at, you're at a fifty percent win win rate, yes. As they would say, Michael, you're batting five hundred. <laughs> yes, I'm batting five hundred. Go sports. <laughs> <laughs> Since I was playing a lot of games on my own, I started playtesting a bunch of board game apps. And one thing that I was really grateful for this year is there's a new Dominion board game app, which is my most played game of all time. I haven't been in the office. Lately, I've been working from home a lot this year, and I play most of my board games. I play Dominion mostly during lunch game because it's a game all of my coworkers love. We can sit down, play it during lunch. We don't do that often anymore because none of us are in the office. We're all working from home. Getting to playtest the Dominion app was really nice. It was like meeting an old friend, getting back and playing one of my favorite games just again and again and again against uh, an AI. And that was, that was a nice experience to have this year, talking about those digital board games. One thing that did happen that I was grateful for was my board game convention reopened in 2021. As long as you were vaccinated and had masks, we could go to the convention. Um, because it was they were only allowing vaccinated people, kids weren't allowed, which I was really grateful for. <laughs> sorry, sorry to our audience if you are 18 or younger and couldn't go to a convention because of vaccination requirements. I had a really nice time without little children running around. It is, it is kind of nice. As someone in my mid to late 20s, I don't necessarily <laughs> enjoy hanging out around kids. <laughs> I don't mind it. I'm used to it because of all of my younger brothers. Looking at you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> looking looking at, 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 at you, too. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it was just nice to have a quieter, less less frantic atmosphere at the board game convention, and I got uh, quite a few new games played there that I'll talk about in our next section. So 
so next I wanted to talk about the year 2021 for the games that came out that year. Not necessarily your gaming experiences, but what did you think of 2021 releases? Were the releases innovative? Innovative? Did they push the industry farther than it has ever been pushed before? Did they knock your socks off? Uh... And honestly, at the beginning of the year, when I was looking at all the games that were supposedly coming out, I wasn't too thrilled. Um, I wasn't excited by too much. It, nothing really grabbed my attention. I didn't think I would be buying a lot of games this year, which my wallet was thankful for, but it's not necessarily something I was thankful for, as this is my, my hobby, my outlet. And if you didn't know it was my hobby, how are you listening to this podcast? We're on number 13. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would agree with you. There are not... There were not a lot of games I saw on the list at the start of the year where I was like, oh, I must play this. I either must buy this or I must convince my friends to buy this or I must find someone else who has it. <laughs> uh, hopefully I'll look out at the board game thing, our board game meetup, and play, have someone who's there who has it. Uh, there, there weren't a lot on the list. And I think... It was missing a lot of those big blockbuster kind of board games this year. I could agree with that. I can agree with that. I don't know about you, but when I got to the end of the year and started reviewing all the games that did come out in 2021, I found out that I was pleasantly surprised by the games that were on that list. Uh, I agree that there were no blockbuster hits or there weren't as there, many. But, as... There are, but there are a lot of good games. Yes, it's. I feel like... While there weren't those standout, there wasn't any standout games for me, it was an underlying level of just great game after great game. It speaks to the health of the industry that so many companies and designers can release so many good games. So let's do just a quick rundown of some of the games that came out this year. The ones that we've played or the ones that we've heard about, and we'll, we'll, give, you, uh, we'll give you, the listener, a couple of our thoughts on it. We went to Board Game Geek sorted by games that came out in 2021 and then just and we sorted those games by the number of ratings they each received which is a relative indicator of how many people played them just to show what was most popular over this year and we'll give our thoughts on those so the first game on that list is cascadia i think we've highlighted that this this company flat out games keeps putting out these these simple clever drafting games that they're ones to watch definitely would recommend the next one on the list is uh, Red Rising, which is a Stonemeyer game, and they usually make a spectacle out of their releases. So it's no surprise that there's quite a few of voters, uh, quite a few ratings on this game. I had a chance to play it. I enjoyed it. I actually read the Red Rising series before I played the game, uh, so I was a little more familiar with the universe that it's set in. I didn't read the books, so... Did you um, enjoy it? I thought it was good, but not great. There's, we've just come to expect a lot from Stonemeyer games. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoy crunchier Stonemeyer games. This one was a little bit more on the thematic side. You have a lot of characters from the Red Rising series who have interactions, game mechanics that give them special interactions based on how they interact in the books, which I thought would be neat to anyone who would have read the books. And, they, and as thought, somebody who has read the books, they did make sense. Yeah, I was I was explaining to people uh, that I was playing with like, oh, this happens because this character betrays them. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> there's 
there's so much betrayal in the Red Rising series, it's hysterical. Like, it gets to the point where it's just ridiculous levels of it. <laughs> and the artwork's really good, too, in typical Stonemeyer fashion. You didn't get a chance to play the Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition, did you? Nope. Neither did I. Moving on. <laughs> uh, the next game is Canvas, which is a just an absolutely gorgeous game about laying clear clear cards on top of each other's layering them together to create pieces of art uh it's just a it's just a gorgeous lightweight little drafting game Um, and you say that it has your favorite tiebreaker of all games where favorite tiebreaker uh, if you tie with a certain number of points whoever creates the best work of art judged by all the non-interested parties yeah Um, it's such a good rule moving on to onk Oh man, this is this is the one you got to play. I I still haven't had a chance to play this. So I have played all three, and Blood Rage is not my favorite. I know it's the most popular. It is not my favorite, but I'm I'm still up in the air between which of the other two would be ha- would be a better mythological area control game. But I really enjoyed the asymmetry of Ankh Gods of Egypt and the the slight differences in mechanics in it. The next game is one of just the just the ugliest covers that came out this year, Cubidos. Just a just a Swiss cheese and lederhosen with hairy legs. I I told you, I mean, I am on record in saying that I w- wanted to play the board game because of the cover. I still haven't <laughs> played it, but I do want to play it because of what the cover looks like. It's I don't think it's hideous, and it's a push your luck mechanic, which which uh, that's two strikes against it for me. But you know, I had a blast with this one—just a a push your luck race game that I didn't think would work, but it was a it was a ton of fun. The next game that I've played on this list is Sleeping Gods by Ryan Lockett and Red Raven Games. This was probably the biggest game that Red Ravens ever put out. I haven't formulated my thoughts on this yet. I played through the entire campaign with Ellen this year. We had a good time together. And I'm thinking, right now I'm going on record. Once we hit a thousand listens across our podcasts, I will try and do an all-day stream where I do solo Sleeping Gods in one day. What I just found out is I'm not invited. I mean, (laughs) if you want to fly to my apartment... (laughs) <laughs> i can hang out on stream and drink <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> david will play a board game i will play myself that sounds wrong <laughs> please edit that out <laughs> next is the crew mission deep sea sequel to the original crew not a lot changed mechanic wise but it's still very solid i enjoyed it meadow sleeper hit for me I bought it on a whim because I had heard uh, I had heard good things about it. I actually bought it on deep discount because it was in a ding and dent section. Uh, it has a barely noticeable dent. Got it for fifty percent off. I yeah, love a sale. Uh, we, we, <laughs> yeah, we played this at Thanksgiving with the family, and I I enjoyed it. I think it has a nice skill curve where the mechanics make sense from the beginning, and I would be interested to play it more to see if the mechanics are deeper, you know, kind of Everdale-esque kind of deepness. The Parks Nightfall expansion came out, talking about Parks, how it has a great solo mode. It also has a great expansion. 
Does that add to the solo mode? Or is it just more cards in the solo mode? I haven't played it solo. I can't imagine it really changes the solo mode at all. But I mean, I really like the expansion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're on record saying it's, it's a necessary expansion. All right. I think we've passed so many that I haven't played. Okay. I was going to talk about Juicy Fruits, but then... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Juicy Fruits was a surprise hit for me this year. I got to play it at the convention. It's a very unique game. It does something that I've never seen before, where it's a tile sliding game, where you're moving tiles around on your mat, and the distance that you slide them is how much income you get of fruit, which is the, the currency in that game. So you have to puzzle out your moves in advance, sliding your baskets of fruit around, going, oh, if I end here, I can only get three bananas next turn, but I need five bananas. So you're trying to open up your paths so you can get the fruits when you need them. It was it was, a, it was an interesting interesting game and a surprise hit for me. All about those nanas. All about those nanas. Any other good ones this year? Ooh, After the Empire. After the Empire came out this year. Play it? I, I didn't play it this year. I was a playtester for After the Empire. My name's in yeah. the rulebook. I will never forget this game because it's a worker placement tower defense game. And it's it's not the heaviest game, but it's it's fairly involved. Um, and we're sitting down to do another playtest session, and we have a few other people who aren't normally at the playtest nights there there with us. And the person goes through the spiel. It's about a 30-minute spiel on how to play the board game. Just a rundown of the rules. And this is a worker placement style game. Once the instructor got done teaching the rules of the game, he asks, are there any questions? As you would. And one of the new players goes, yes. What do you mean by place a worker? And we all went... Like, what? We all went, oh no. <laughs> because the, this playtester was just not as experienced in board games. Didn't know How the... did they end up in a playtesting event? It, it was. I'm very curious myself how they ended up in a board game playtesting event where they didn't have... They didn't have the prior experience to do a worker placement game. It was, it was just an interesting experience. I was like, oh, oh no. You know, I never thought about it like that, where we all have, we have all this terminology, all this jargon <laughs> that was just really jarring. What do you mean by place a worker? Oh, gosh. What, what, what do you, what, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you place a worker, it's worker placement. What do you do? I think we're saying only positive things about the games we played this, that came out this year. It was an underlying level of good games that came out in 2021. now it's time to look towards the future and what we hope to accomplish in this new year, 2022. Like most times, I usually don't have a very good radar of what's coming out. So thankfully, we have another handy dandy list. Again, on Board Game Geek. How'd you sort this one, David? The same way. (laughs) I just filtered filtered by year, number of votes. I figured if uh, a board game has ratings before it's released, it's probably fairly anticipated. Or at least talked about. Yeah. Compared to 2021, are you more excited for the games that are coming out this year? Compared to 2021, am I more excited for the games this year? And I'm going to say no, because I don't have a good idea what's coming out this year. <laughs> Michael, uh, just, the- as a hint, just as a hint, I reviewed this list ahead of time, and... I recognize three of the games, so <laughs> so no, I don't have that, have a good one. That really puts into perspective my my radar 
of what games are coming out because I've heard of in the first 100 probably about half of them. <laughs> now, do you find out about these games through videos or through reading most of the times? Usually videos, but I am su- I am subscribed to a lot of board game company email lists. Mm. So yeah, they got me. <laughs> yeah. I like to live in the world of blissful ignorance and asking my local game store what's new. <laughs> and if I find a game that I like, then I ask them if they can order it for me. I just like to be prepared. The top one on the list is Blood on the Clock Tower. While I didn't purchase this, someone in my board game group did <laughs> did purchase this. Oh, uh, so you're going to get a chance to play it? So I am going to get a chance to play it. This is a uh, hidden identity game that's yeah. more story more story driven, and he has been giving me consistent updates about the release date getting pushed back. <laughs> Do you think it's going to be a 2023 release? I think it's going to be a 2022 release because it was supposed to be a March 2021 release. I uh. believe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a social deduction game that costs a hundred dollars. I can play Mafia with a deck of cards. Now, the the story elements and all the special roles look really exciting, and it does look like a like a ton of fun. And any game that is a blast to play over and over and over is worth the $100. I'm just wary of putting my money towards it, so I didn't back it. Uh, I, so think there a- will be a, I think there will be a particular niche that will really enjoy this board game, and then everybody else be like, what are you thinking? <laughs> uh, the next one that I'm excited about, that's coming out is Frosthaven, the sequel to Gloomhaven, this, designed by our by a friend of the podcast, Isaac Childries. This is game number two that I recognize on this list. <laughs> two of three. <laughs> two of three. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> David, are you excited for this one? I mean, I'm excited for it. I don't know if I'll get around to playing it anytime soon. I do have a friend who did back it. I didn't because... At the time of the Kickstarter, I have I was not playing Gloomhaven uh, that often because it's just it's a beast to set up and tear down. But thanks to the, to the digital edition that I got to play a lot this year, another shout out to digital games. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been playing Gloomhaven almost every week. Maybe I'll finish the campaign sometime soon, and then I'll be raring to go for Frosthaven. That's that's how we feel. Um, my Gloomhaven group was also my D and D group, and we just finished up our campaign that I was DMing for them. And so, now that the holidays are over, at the time of the release of this episode, (laughs) uh, (laughs) now that the holidays are over, we're going to get together and actually finish Gloomhaven, and I believe that Frosthaven is supposed to come out in March of 2022, so we'll have a little bit of break between finishing Gloomhaven and Frosthaven. For Frosthaven, so I'm just expecting the same excellent quality as Gloomhaven. Yeah, I, I'm hoping some of the lessons learned from Jaws of the Lion and the expansion for Gloomhaven and some other things will make it another great experience, but, you know, slightly different. Next game I'm excited about coming out in 2022 is Endless Winter, Paleo-Americans. It has a fairly interesting theme, Dawn of Humanity trying to survive in... In the winter, yada, yada, yada. I'm not one for themes. Um, But this is the third game to come out that melds worker placement with deck building. 
And I just think that's such an interesting concept. Taking two genres of board games that are fairly different, piecing their mechanisms together so they work in a, seamlessly in a game. I have played the other two that were actually both released in 2021, I believe. Uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak and Dune Imperium. Dune Imperium is an excellent game. Uh, that was one of the games from 2021 that I actually I ended up purchasing. I've never won. I even taught it to you, and I lost after having. I, think, several- I kicked him handedly. Kicked him. <laughs> Just goes to show I'm an excellent teacher. <laughs> <laughs> then I played one of my friends, uh, a listener. Yeah, shout out to Steph. Uh, you've been listening since the beginning. I talk about you all the time. I played David. And then I played Steph a few weeks later, and I didn't get my butt handed to me as bad as I handed it to David, but pretty, pretty good victory from Steph on that part. So I enjoyed that one. But but we're talking about 2022 games here. Yeah, we're talking about Endless Winter, and it's just, it's just the third iteration in worker placement deck building. And I'm excited to see where this genre goes. I feel like it needs its own name soon, deck placement. <laughs> Worker building. <laughs> worker building. Deck worker building. <laughs> Another You're skipping game. over it. You're skipping over a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about them if you want, but... No. No. <laughs> yep. Just if anyone's looking at the list, we know we're skipping over a lot of games. We're just talking about the ones that we're most interested in. Uh, Weather Machine is coming out in 2022. That's a, the new Vital Asserta design. I have yet to play a Lacerda game. There's a there's quite a few in the top 100, and I'm really lagging behind on that list right now. Uh, what are other Lacerda games for our listeners? Lisboa is a Lacerda game on Mars, Kanban. He has quite the repertoire. He's really known for extremely heavy Euro games. I know Kanban EV was a uh, big talking point in 2021, so it would be interesting to see Weather Machine. Like I guess now that you mention it, I should have that on my radar too. Yeah, and Lacerda is always Vital Lacerda is always somebody I watch out for because his games look very interesting to me as somebody who likes heavy Euro games. I just never had a chance to play one. There's a couple of sequels coming out that I'm interested in. Uh, Verdant, um, I'm interested in. It's not not the second, but it's the third in the series. This is after Cascadia. The Flat Out Games is releasing Verdant. And it's about uh, drafting plants and rooms to make sure that the plants get enough light to grow. All right. All right. House plant parents, you now have a board game for you. There's just a theme for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> On a long enough timeline, there will be a theme for all hobbies and lifestyles will be covered by a board game. Hey, I mean, I gave Patchwork a shot. Game about quilting. Not really something I'm super interested in. Excellent game. This could be... This could be right up my alley, and I'll never know. Well, Absolutely. I might know. I might know in 2022. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the second sequel that I was referring to is Namiji. This one's actually been on my radar for a few years. It's the sequel to Takedo, a delightful game about having the most pleasant stroll through the countryside in Japan. This one was has been rumored for a few years, so I've been keeping my ear out for this one. Very nice. Of course, I'm most stoked this year for the release of the uh, final Everdell expansions in the Everdell Complete Collection. Just buy the Complete Collection, you coward. I didn't buy the Complete <laughs> Collection. I bought, I, bought, I bought the Complete Collection box 
<laughs> to store all of my stuff in it. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that's an option. <laughs> yeah. Well, people got mad that it wasn't originally option. They, an option. They had to add it. Uh, another game that's coming out is called So You've Been Eaten. And this has an interesting premise. That It's a zero to two player game. Uh, the first game that's ever touted no players. There is two factions that can be played. The worm that eats the miners, or you can play as the miner, trying to extract ore from whatever space planet you're on. Or you can play as neither. You can play, and it's a solo mode, so you can play against the AI from either side. And they decided to, hey, why not? Let's make it so the AIs can play each other. (laughs) Because why not? Vagrant Song has been getting a lot of good buzz, and I wanted to... uh, I've been keeping my eye on this one. It's another dungeon crawl style game, uh, except you're not crawling through a dungeon. You're crawling through train cars trying to fight ghosts to remind them of their humanities. You have a banjo? You do have a banjo. Or, oh, or at least music. Yeah. you've got musical instruments. And it's done in like old-timey Betty Boop cartoon stylish. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Cartoon stylized art. It looks, it looks unique. And just the artwork is so fun. It looks lively, even though you're fighting ghosts. That's a joke. <laughs> Unintentional <laughs> joke. Uh, yeah, so I'm keeping yeah. my eye on Vagrant Song. Ooh, the first game I'm not looking forward to is The Seventh Citadel. I mean, I shouldn't say it like that because it's not like it coming out. Hurts I was, was going to say, do you want to redo the way you said that? <laughs> no, I don't want to redo that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like it hurts me by coming out. I just don't care that it's coming out because Seventh Continent was garbage. Should, can I say garbage? I feel like I should say garbage, but I don't. I believe my opinions in the minority there. Uh, this is just a medieval version, I think. Your knights in a castle exploring the castle trying to get out. We haven't reached the third game. Uh, I want to make sure we didn't pass it. If you get to the bottom, I'll have you search it. Ah, there it is. Dice <laughs> Realms. <laughs> and at nearly the very bottom of the first page of this list is Dice Realms, the third game I've heard about that's coming out this year, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> what do I know about this game? You got dice. That's it. <laughs> You're in. It's got dice, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> I, I said that uh, I said that there was three games whose names I recognize on this list, uh, not including expansions, and so it was only fair that I mentioned all three. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to tell us what you are looking forward to in 2022, or I've... what you enjoyed most playing in 2021. Join our Discord. The link's down below. <laughs> or email us at boardgamefamous at gmail.com. Or you can slide right into our DMs on Instagram. A link also found below. Yes, that's right. You can add us. Please add us. <laughs> please, we like the engagement. Please add us. <laughs> we like the engagement. Uh, and to the Brothers Murph, in 2022, this is the year that you're finally going down. We thought it was going to happen last year, but it didn't. But... At some point during this year, we're going to play board games together, and we're going to show you who are the true board gaming brothers. And it's us. And it's <laughs> us. <laughs> uh, bye-bye now. 
Bye-bye.